0: Putin's squalid venture is what the UK's Prime Minister has called it, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's had a profound impact on global markets. We'll look at what precisely this morning. And with Boris Johnson and Joe Biden both announcing more sanctions to squeeze Russia out of the global economy, what impact will that have, if any? I mean, it's going to take time, isn't it? And look what Putin has done in just one day. It's Friday, the 25th of February, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the whole situation has boosted the US dollar on the DXY index up 0.9%, bringing down just about everything else. The Aussie is down 0.8% to 71.7 US cents. The Euro uh, is also down 0.9%. It reached the lowest level since 2020 earlier. The pound down 1.1%. The Russian ruble, as you might imagine, down 3.5%, but much more than that earlier. In fact, Everything was down more earlier. Uh, The US dollar was higher, so there has been quite a bit of paring back. It's the same in the share markets, with Europe faring much worse than the United States. But the Dow is, uh, well, it's up 0.3% now. The S&P 500 had lost more than 1%. Now it's up 1.4%. The NASDAQ is up 3.3%, but all shares were well down earlier in the session. Uh, for example, the DAX, if we look at Europe at close, the DAX down almost 4%. The FTSE 100 down 3.9%. In Asia yesterday, the Hang Seng was down 3.2%. Russia's RTX, uh, RTS index uh, got down 38%. Oil up, but that too has come right back down recently. Uh, Brent is up 2.6% now to just over $99. It was up over $105 at one point. And bond yields are down 10-year treasuries have lost three basis points in the united states more than seven basis points down earlier in the session german bond yields are down six basis points 10-year gilts down three australian 10-year bond yields are 11 basis points lower down to 2.15 percent now so curious that the markets have bounced back after joe biden's address this morning because he really didn't say anything that boris johnson hadn't said earlier uh, he did say there wouldn't be military action but of course you know when yesterday we said don't panic that was the title of the podcast yesterday we might have missed the mark on that given that uh, what followed hours later there's been more than 80 missile strikes now on a ukrainian target according to the uk Ministry of defense so big moves we've seen today in markets the world has changed hasn't it here's an scavin abs- friend in london Quite a response to all of this, Gavin. And I guess the question is that no one knows the answer to. Where does all this go?
1: Yeah, morning, Phil. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't know, do we? Uh, as you infer, it's um, mm. really there's only one story dominating everything. We know um, in Europe's early hours, Putin announced this uh, special military operation where he said he was seeking the demilitarization of the Ukraine, but not the occupation. Um, and then we saw within minutes of that, the uh, reports of Russian crews and... Uh, ballistic missiles hitting several cities across Ukraine, Um, attacks coming from Belarus in the north, Crimea in the south, and of course the Russian uh, side on the east. It was later thought perhaps that Russia's targeting of Ukraine military installations, airport, border units, uh, checkpoints, those kinds of things might suggest that Putin is aiming to disarm Uh, Ukraine and thereby fulfill his request of the West to stop NATO's eastward enlargement, which because they'd not done that, he seemed to be carrying that out unilaterally. But, you know, with the broader strikes that we've heard about during the European day and US day, Moscow said to be looking to replace the Ukraine government. Um, Russia looks to be aiming to take control of at least the east and the south of the country so this is you know to your question systemic geopolitical event it's a game changer in terms of uh, european security there will be as a result big increases in defense spending of course the surge in energy prices that we've seen is going to hit europe particularly hard mm. um yeah the risks of that then is it that we get weaker growth as a result of well, could, it could it lead
0: to recession? i mean could that be the upshot from this perhaps well, it's,
1: we start from a very strong growth profile so that's it's i think it's too early to get to that point we need to see how this plays out we can come to you know what is it what are his next steps in a minute and and maybe where we go there the other european countries in close proximity uh, will be very worried you know so the three baltic states poland romania there is a risk of real you know humanitarian crisis displacement the cost for russia uh, will be enormous no one no one uh, will trust it it likely faces higher borrowing costs. You saw the UK government trying to, you know, deny access, you know, Russia access to international markets, not using dollars, not using pounds. The, the, the sanctions that we're seeing over the over the last few hours are coming thick and fast and they'll probably go further yet. Um, so that probably means like lower economic growth, lower living standards for Russia. Lots of Russians didn't want this. If you look at some of the Newswire reports today, it's clear that even some of his lieutenants, Putin's lieutenants, were not, Happy about this, not entirely happy about this. Russians in polls uh, seem to, by and large, support the idea of, you know, re, it's a demilitarisation of, of Ukraine, but not uh, occupation. I mean, the two countries, you know, that they, they, they have lots of, you know, relatives and bits and pieces. It's, it's, it's clearly the mood on the on the on the Russian streets is not joined at the hip. Not everybody's behind this. Um, and then, you know, if like, if, if, if he follows through and he does go for regime change in, in Ukraine, the rest of the world will sanction that government. Russia will have to face the rebuilding costs. So, you know, we saw the ruble down 8% today. We've seen Russian stocks down over 30%, um, you know, much more than we're seeing uh, elsewhere. Europe down 3 4% or so, pretty much in line with what Asia saw earlier, on Thursday, the US opened down to that kind of level, but has bounced back as markets, I mean, they're, they're kind of starting as the day goes on to be a bit more selective in where they think going who's going to come out of this, who's going to fare worse. Uh, and also after the G7 leaders said that they're closely monitoring you know, all of this and oil and gas markets stand ready to act as needed to address potential disruptions. Um, Joe Biden, and they're talking about you know, strategic oil reserves, those kinds of things. I'm not sure that you know, any of this is really going to work at the moment. Well, a lot of it's um, very long
0: term, isn't it? So, you know, I mean, they've, they've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. limiting exports, for example, so that they can't build up the technological expertise. That's not going to fix next week. And then they're, they're talking about attacking the oligarchs in, you know, in in, in London. Uh, they, you know, they've been talking about that for decades. It's, uh, well, certainly for a decade. Anyway, all of this, you know, what impact is that? Is that really going to have? And, OK, um, uh, buying, uh, buying sovereign debt you know, that might have a bit of an impact. I mean, Boris Johnson said he wants to try and uh, get uh, the Russia out of the SWIFT system. Uh, that might have a, an immediate impact. But of course, Russia, through all of this, I mean, since the Crimea uh, situation, they've tried to become more self-sufficient, haven't they? So they, for example, they are much more food self-sufficient. So they and obviously they are uh in uh, self sufficient in arms so uh you know these things are going to take time and uh, and Russia is just going to uh, look after itself as much as it can. Meanwhile, a lot of these sanctions are going to hurt the west
1: that 's absolutely right and uh you know it 's almost at the point where we don 't really know. We don't know where we're going next. No one knows, for instance, whether Putin will push for regime change or whether he'll just knock out the military, as I said, and then pull back. That would be an optimistic situation, perhaps, uh, you know, retaining the two self-proclaimed republics of Donetsk and Luhansk that he has been occupying for the last eight years anyway. Um, so we're waiting to see uh, if the West and NATO want to appease his desires on this. He has the, the capacity to play the long game. He can sit and wait now to see whether that happens, and then he may move again. Markets are now, you know, having lurched earlier today, uh, they're in this kind of pause mode now to see where where we go. Um, you know, sanctions, as say, are being ramped up, but Putin feels emboldened. He's sitting on huge FX reserves. He's, you know, despite what I talked about in terms of the cost he's going to face, he's printing more cash as commodity prices surge. He has China's backing. At least China has been vocally sympathetic anyway to his concerns, to Putin's concerns over NATO's eastward drift. Uh, it, I mean, it suits, you know, we saw the, the cozying up of Putin and President Xi um, at the Moscow, sorry, at the uh, Beijing Winter Olympics. It suits both Beijing and Moscow to push back and see less U.S. influence in both of their areas. But China's foreign minister, I think, comments at the Munich Security Conference recently you know, repeated that Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity should be respected. So there may be a red line here. I mean, China, we know that China never publicly endorsed the annexation of Crimea back in 2014. And when China talks about the importance of sovereignty, lots of people are drawing the comparisons of what Russia is doing with Ukraine and what China might do with Taiwan or Hong Kong or or, or Tibet. Um, You know, what China fears there. In that inference is is that um, one of those areas, Hong Kong or Taiwan, tries to break away with support from another nuclear superpower like the US. It doesn't want to get into that situation. China is also trying to spin two other plates. It's trying to keep trade going with Europe and with the US. You know, it, it wants to do that. It wants to be seen as more responsible, um, and it has a trade line with Ukraine, the 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 Belt and Braces um, uh, initiative, you know, that's going through um, parts of Europe and parts of parts of uh, the African nations with China. Um, you know, it it, it it's it, in fact. The, the China is the Ukraine's largest trade partner. The, the volumes are not great because the Ukraine economy is very small, but it's important to the Ukraine. And and, and obviously China wants to keep that link going. So you, you could raise the question, can China continue to spin all these plates? Um, and if something's going to drop, is there a red line on the support it gives uh, Moscow in, in terms of, you know, is that the thing that, that the forces... Um, Putin at the end of the day to step back a bit and try and, you know, um, just just go along with the military pullback and uh, and then and then take it take a further bite perhaps later on.
0: So Boris Johnson spoke earlier today saying that uh, you know he wanted to end the dependence on uh, on Russian oil and gas. The question is, uh, obviously that means oil and gas is going to be much more expensive. It's not just obviously as we talked about the other day on the on the podcast. It's not just oil and gas, is it? Uh, Russia, you know, it's it's nickel, uh, platinum, palladium. Uh, you know, there's uh, you know all of that's going to pile on the inflation concerns if the cost of the, of all that goes up? And is it really going to impact Russia that much if China was to say, oh look, Cheap oil. Let's buy more from Russia now.
1: Well, they already are, aren't they? I mean, Russia is a huge supplier of, of petroleum and oil products to to China, and I'm which sure gets, that, which that's which raises that the question: of,
0: Who's really suffering through all of these? Are they going to have any impact? And is it just going to be an impact on the West? And that's the problem. The world at the
1: moment can't, in its current state, can't live with, without Russian oil and natural gas, um, wheat, corn. Twenty twenty five percent respective control of those markets because there just isn't enough supply Wheat
0: prices incidentally up up 5.5 percent today so you know it's you can can see the areas where you know where the demand is they're the ones being hit the hardest
1: and and every every avenue that that the world and europe in particular looks down as as a way of getting out of this is an expensive one yes europe will move there's no doubt towards greater reliance on renewables Um, renewable energy but that's going to be costly and it takes time to get there germany saying that it can if it wanted to you know lose its dependence on russia in this respect it could do but it's going to take a long time and actually germany germany feels it finds itself in a very uncomfortable position it likes its trade relations with russia it feels very comfortable with it um and um you know it wishes it wasn't in this situation. I think Italy is in a similar situation. You know, um, Germany, from that point of view, you know, they've 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 talked about not sanctioning Nord Stream two, but they've left the door open. Um, and I find it difficult to believe that they really want to shut that off completely, because for them that's a that's a longer term you know solution for yeah them. and yeah and yet, um, but you
0: know but everyone is talking long term aren't they well certainly biden is talking long term and uh and and boris johnson is talking long term you know he talked about he doesn't want creeping normalization in other words you know if they uh if, if they sort of uh, start to backtrack or don't go any further if russia starts to ease off a little bit he's sounding like he doesn't want to forget this you know the, as far as he's concerned it seems the world has changed mm-hmm. whereas maybe other people have got a a, a, a different idea but what does this mean for central banks very quickly? Because we are going to run out of time fairly shortly. So are they, are they yeah. going to be less hawkish now? Certainly, you know, we've had uh, Robert Holtzman from the ECB saying today uh, that, you know, maybe they're going to delay their tightening program. <laughs> Not that they were particularly aggressive on it anyway. But, I mean, does this, for example, wipe out the chance of a, a 50 basis point hike by the Fed, which is sort of assumed wasn't going to happen anyway. But uh, are they going to delay things, do you think?
1: Certainly, you've seen market pricing of, of aggressive central bank hikes this year from the Fed, from the Bank of England, from the ECB coming coming in a bit uh, on the day. Um, you know, we were at 2% for the UK by the end of the year. We're now at 1.7, just below 1.7. You know, the US uh, was pricing more than six. It's now something more like five. You've had, you're right, you know, you've had... Holtzman from Austria, he is a he is the Uber hawk really for the ECB, the man that's talking about rate rise in the summer, then NQE, then do another rate rise at the end of the year. That's the hawkish side. Today he's saying, well, maybe we should be delaying this. Um, so you've got the hawks going slightly more dovish. You've got Janet Daly in the Fed, who's considered a dove, uh, talking about we need to hike, we need to tighten policy. So you've got on the on the inverse side, you've got you know a Fed dove talking more hawkish. I think. In the main central banks are going to be watching this. Of course, their reaction function is going to be guided by they've got very high inflation. They've got in the UK and the US at least, and we think in the eurozone, not too far down the road, evidence of uh, second round effects coming through through wages, which means even if they wanted to look through this, they may find themselves having to get a couple of hikes in early uh, to try and you know stabilize inflation expectations and hope that things roll over, um, then it becomes a question of if markets really lose the plot and we start yet yeah, tightening of financial conditions through the energy channel, through the yield channel, those kinds of things. Actually, for the currency channel, then maybe um, you know th- th- you'll hear more moderate terms uh, tones really from the central bank that they need to perhaps you know you know that th- we're, we're getting that self fulfilling sort of um, you know de escalation of economic growth and um, or, you could, or you could move through to a stagflation, you know, like a, a high inflation, low growth or lower yeah, using growth that, environment. Using you know, that, that's you're using that's that word yeah. going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well
0: Boris Johnson and uh, Joe Biden both talked about squeezing the uh, the Russian economy, but you know, the squeeze is obviously also going to be felt uh, in the West as well from from all of this. So slower growth seems likely, doesn't it? U.S. durable goods orders are out later. Personal income and spending, the PCE core deflator, uh, normally all important, perhaps a little less of a concern now, but. There there is a nato uh leaders meeting tomorrow 30, 30 nations 30 allied nations uh and uh biden's talked about putting more forces into uh, allies in eastern europe and and in germany as well so you know maybe that's uh that's chapter two we said don't panic yesterday i think uh perhaps not wise words we it's bunker down isn't it and uh keep an eye on on where the markets go with all of this but it's these are very uncertain times
1: Lots of moving parts, lots of information to be gleaned, yeah, I think, before we make up, you know, minds and decisions, yeah.
0: Good to talk, Gavin. Anyway, um, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Phil. And that is the morning call for this Friday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB, back again on Monday morning. See you then.